2: We're back in our joy series with part two of The Office. This time, we're looking at season four, episodes one and two, entitled Fun Run. Our central metaphor is going to be, you guessed it, a fun run. In this episode, we have Michael making an early mistake where he hits Meredith with his car, He feels bad for what he did, but he doesn't really know how to proceed forward. So he's kind of looking for a way to deflect or a mission to get people aligned to where they can stop worrying about him and instead be focused on something else. So we find out that Meredith has rabies when she's in the hospital and she didn't know about that. So Michael makes the whole episode about having a fun run or rabies true Michael Scott fashion, we are going to try to solve a problem that doesn't even need to be solved. In this episode, everybody is forced by Michael to participate in this fun run, So this is a perfect example of how, even when we might not have a choice in life on what mission that we're going to align to, how through using the concept of reframing that we started to talk about in the Blues Brothers episode two, we can come to our own joy in any situation. And we see the different characters figuring out how to have joy during this fun run. Everybody's on a different journey to the finish line. We see Michael, who's very narrow in his perspective, who's only focused on winning and especially beating Toby. We see Jim and Pam, who are taking a leisurely stroll, focused on learning about each other and themselves and enjoying the day outside. We see Toby, who really likes running and is just pleasantly surprised to be able to win the race. What we learn here is that we don't always all see the vision the same, even when we're connected to the same mission. The vision isn't just something that's cast down from on high that everybody has to chew on and come to terms with. It's something that everybody has to interpret for themselves and engage with in order to find out what is their path towards the objective on the fun run. So join us this week as we learn more about how we frame the mission and the vision and how we frame our journey contributes to how much joy we can have in our lives. Welcome to Wander Tour.
1: All right, welcome back wanderers. Great to have everybody with us. This is Brian. I'm here with Drew and once again we have the fabulous Jenny Lee here to join us. We talked a lot about empathy last time around, so let's let's start this one off talking about joy. So Jenny, what are you seeing? What what characters do you see expressing joy in their own ways and why are they able to do that in the middle of this completely ridiculous contrived situation that they find themselves in? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think this is where I'm understanding joy myself, right? And how I see in the characters. You have Pam and Jim. They go off on a on their own path, right? During the fun run. They experience joy. Kelly in her own face. It doesn't look like joy, but it is joy in some ways. Um, you have Toby. I forgot the other three characters' names that went into the taxi and I went for drinks.
1: <laughs> That's but awesome.
0: In some ways, all three all the characters have their own version of joy.
1: It's one of the things that, I, that we see about the characters, as you know, if, if you watch this series over time, like you see that some of the characters have a very strong sense of self, right? Like Dwight knows exactly who he is. He's very focused on like, oh, I grew up on a farm and I like these things and I like Battlestar Galactica. And, I have, you know, he's, he's got this very strong sense of self. He's completely unashamed about it. And so he's able to just lean into that at any moment. Whatever situation he's in is like, oh, this is the Dwight approach to this situation and I'm going to take it and be completely comfortable with it. Jim's kind of the same way. Jim's always able to sort of zoom out and get a little bit of perspective and then just find a way to have fun with it, regardless of whatever ridiculous thing is going on. And so we see these, the characters that have a stronger grounding in self seem like they're able to do that. They're able to find a way to enjoy whatever situations they're put in. That's kind of Michael's failure mode, right? It's like he doesn't have any philosophy. He doesn't have any fixed principles. He doesn't have any, anything other than reactivity and just trying to look good or at least trying not to actively look bad. What was the quote, Drew, that you, you captured here?
2: Oh, this one was perfect for this episode. We get the camera cutting to the interview with Michael at one point, and he says, I like to be liked. I enjoy being liked. I have to be liked. But it's not like this compulsive need to be liked.
1: Like my need to be praised. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I felt a little bit seen with that one. <laughs>
0: I want to jump um, to what you're saying about, um, you know, the characters and having that sense of self and grounding in self. And I think this is where if they know what, what their core values are and who they are, they don't have to have a rigid path on where to go, right? They're able to leverage the reframing skill and decide in those moments how to navigate a situation, right? There's no very rigid, oh, let's do it in this way. We must do it in this way. And what really drives them is that they have this strong sense of self that helps guide them to go off a different path. And that's okay, right? Because at least they'll align with their value. It's not wrong. There's no wrong path.
2: They're all being told you have to have a fun run today, right? And doesn't it feel like that happens in life? Hear me out here. I'm not making light of bad situations here. Of course not. That would never be the purpose. But even when you go through a hard time in life, even when you go through the death of a loved one or serious illness or anything like that, right? you can still almost look at it and say, well, this is another fun run opportunity. It's a mission and an objective that I I have to get through it. I have to get to the finish line. And my only choice in this situation is how I'm going to approach it. I don't get to choose if I get to go to the finish line or not. I mean, I truly, I guess you can just lay down on the ground and not approach it at all and take no journey, but that wouldn't be a wanderer's approach to it. So." How we approach the journey is really what choice we have. Most of the time, life is just going to throw things at you. Sometimes they're good opportunities, sometimes they're bad opportunities, but either way, you're just going to get to hear, okay, here's the thing, here's the next objective. You know, our company needs to go this direction. And so here's the new metric that we're introducing or the new OKR. And everybody needs to figure out how to align to it and how to support that. So the key there is I think some people in that situation. It can be tempting to shut down or it can be tempting to become apathetic, but that doesn't allow for joy. That's not fertile ground like we talked about in the last episode for joy to grow. Instead, it's looking at the greatest leaders of all time. You know, they've all they're great leaders because they went through great trials and they brought people through to the other side with better character than they started with. That's one of the through lines of all those great leaders. So if that's the case, then you know how did Winston Churchill manage to have joy during World War II just to throw one out there, right? Because that is not a time of great joy. and he probably wasn't smiling a lot, but it would have been really hard to continue to lead a nation and a side when, oh my goodness, death is all around you. darkness is, seems like is closing in on you. and you just got to keep moving towards the finish line.
1: I think it's really interesting that as we talk about leadership and as we talk about kind of business problems, you know, it's an imperfect analogy, but we use map analogies a lot. We talk about paths. We talk about journeys. We talk about directions. We talk about maps, right? And to me, some of this sense of the we've been talking about, about character having an internal integrity or a character having a sense of values or a leader, it's you can use the same kind of analogies, right? jim's ability to zoom out jim's ability to look at the camera and go okay this is ridiculous like in general what i'm trying to accomplish is this big picture thing i i would just like to spend more time with pam right in the moment this totally stinks but he's always able to just like look at the whole map and go like anyway the thing the place i want to go is over there it's slightly north and it's spending more time with pam right and whatever whatever hurdles i have to jump through whatever side streets and you know detours i have to take to get there okay fine we'll figure that out he's also very good you know some of these characters are very good at zooming in and saying all right well Generally, I want to go north, but right now there's an estate sale. <laughs> you know? Right now there's a thing happening that would be fun. So I'm just going to enjoy that. I'm not going to lose track of it. And that's one of the things, of course, you know, Michael's always the counterexample. One of the things we see with Michael is that he is completely unable to zoom out. He's trying to navigate the world with no sense of direction, with no map, with no idea of a destination. He's just bouncing towards things he likes and away from things he doesn't like moment to moment. And he's, he doesn't have any persistence to it. So to me, there's the two things out of that analogy. Again, it's an imperfect analogy because we're not in a fixed map where there's only one set of places to go. Like we're creating the future as we go. But the big picture of being able to zoom out and always go back to the sense of purpose, that's one of the Winston Churchill things, right? Like anyway, we are Britain and we need to stay Britain and we need to win this war and we need to go, you know, we need to be like, those things are unchangeable. Regardless of what's happening today, those things are unchangeable. So being able to zoom out is one set skill set. But then the inverted skill set is the, and right now I'm going to really enjoy this cup of tea. <laughs> you know, I don't know what else is going on. All the chaos, all the stress. The fun run is ridiculous. But anyway, I'm going to find a, a piece of it that I enjoy and and just lean into that. And that'll help me keep running. That'll help me get through this thing.
0: Yeah, you know, it makes, when you were talking about that analogy, right? Like It makes me think of that cliche quote, uh, focus on the journey, not the destination, something like that. <laughs> Yes. They all have to get to the finish line, right? And that's the destination, but it's really about the journey and how can you have your version of joy along the way.
2: Yeah, so I think that brings us to our mountaintop here. Speaking of our meta journey that we're going on. So we already mentioned it a little bit here, but our mountaintop is when Jim and Pam stop at the estate sale. Such a Jim and Pam thing to do. They're going on this fun run because they feel like they have to. But just because they have to, let's start by saying they reframe it. And Jim constantly does this. He reframes have to as get to. One of the great leaders in my life who was on our Parks and Recreation episodes back 50 episodes ago, B.B. Higgins taught me that. He taught me to reframe I have to as I get to. And suddenly, you have ownership of it. And suddenly, the path is yours to walk instead of somebody else dragging you on a leash on the path instead. And suddenly, I can find joy in something that I get to do. So how, Brian, do you want to walk us through what you see at this estate sale? How does Jim and Pam reframe the fun run through the estate sale?
1: Well, we're in a, we're in a fun part, like, you know, that's part of this whole episode, right, is that before we even get to the fun run, Jim and Pam are like, all smiley and giggly with each other for about half the episode, but they don't admit until just before the run that they're actually dating again, (laughs) or they're dating for the first time, whatever. I lost track. Right. So that's the thing that they're together. And so they are sort of viewing the entire world through the lens of like, what, what opportunities can we just spend time together? Like they're, they're, they're looking through each other's eyes. Pam's like, Hey, estate sale. You know, like we can just go do this thing. We can go find this ridiculous, ugly lamp and pay $8 for it. And Jim's like, all right, I guess I'm carrying it around now. Right. They're very much like, you know, just doing the bare minimum as far as the big mission, because they don't really care about the fun run, but they're wearing the shirts and they're doing the thing. They're going to get to the finish line of the of the 5K, but they're looking for that opportunity like, oh, we can do that with somebody that we like, and we're going to have new experiences, and we're going to get to talk to each other, and we'll just we'll be very lighthearted about it. And that turns out to be useful, even in the context of the episode, right? They they drag Michael across the finish line, and then the life turns into a trophy. It's magical.
0: I think it's, you know, along the way there, they are finding these little moments, right? Is where they can continue to still share memories together, right? In, in different ways. And when the opportunity arises is you, you are posed with a, Oh, I get to do this type of situation, right? It, it, I get to do this opportunity. And that's how they reframed. Like, Oh, what about this as a state cell? They could have been like, oh, you know, well, I have to do this fun run. But, you know, the reframing part is I get to do this. I get this opportunity to create new shared memory. And in turn, that is how much joy you can have in your life. It's the spontaneous things that come up. And all these opportunities are to reframe opportunities in life, right? I get two moments. How many of those do you have and how many of those do you allow yourself to have?
1: Well, and how many of them, maybe going back to our empathy discussion, right? Like, is it... In the Blue's Brothers episode we talked a little bit about how joy is at least amplified by sharing it with somebody else. But like would either of them have enjoyed going to the estate sale on the fun run if it was just them? Like if it was yeah. just one of if it was just Jim or just Pam it wouldn't have been at all the same experience. Like it's not like it, this is a one-hand clapping thing. Like it's not like they had half as much or twice as much joy because there was two of them. It's like that wouldn't have been joyful at all except that they did it together. They they just looked for an opportunity to do something silly but fun. And that I don't think we've uh We've talked about it a little bit. I don't know that doing things together is a precondition for joy, but it does seem like there's a lot of opportunities for it to be amplified or shared or resonated or something when you can share it with somebody. When you can show somebody how good you are at something or enjoy something together with somebody, That it does seem more powerful. You know, that's one of the reasons that group dynamics can work well when they do.
0: Yeah, I think that's where, right, what makes me think about, like, you can have joy with yourself and within yourself, whether that's literally being at peace with yourself where you're at or having, you know, things to do with yourself, you know, your own hobbies or alone time, things like that. But I think where it's amplified is that human connection is we have joy with ourselves, but we can amplify that joy by building relationships, right, by having human connection and having shared experiences and moments with other people, because it's it's our life, right? (laughs) We meet people along the way, we lose people along the way, but really it's when we zoom out and when we think about the destination and then our life as a journey, right? It's it's who we're spending time with, right? And what new ideas we get to share.
2: And even at the end of Michael's journey, when he finally crosses the finish line, Jim's there to greet him and Jim kind of (laughs) like gives him a hug and... Michael uh, this whole time is feeling bad about himself because he ate the Alfredo beforehand and it didn't work out well. And Toby finished first and the way that he had planned this whole thing, you know, he didn't accomplish the mission at all in his eyes. But then when he gets to the finish line and Jim, who walked the whole way and somehow got there first. But with Pam, he had this joy throughout the journey. Suddenly he's able to open himself up and carry that joy over to Michael. Right. He's not just making fun of Michael, whatever. He's just like, all right, man, like, welcome. You made it. And Michael's like validated in that moment. And suddenly it changes the way that he thinks about himself. And that is one of the really critical things about joy. I was sitting and talking to a guy this morning I had never met before, just sitting around the breakfast table, just serving this guy breakfast. And he was very joyful. And he told me he'd been homeless for years and he lives in Ohio for about 10 years now or something like that, but to be able to walk in and despite whatever's going on in my life, despite whatever was going on in his life, to be able to share that joy, suddenly it was radiating to the table next to us. This guy and I, did we have a ton of reasons to be happy? Maybe, maybe not. But the table next to us, these two guys over there, they start talking to us too. And they start asking us about things. And they just wanted to be a part of that conversation. Just because they could hear that there was joy going on right here. I want to be a part of that joy. It's just like you said, Brian and Jenny, right? Joy is so relational. And part of the purpose of having joy is not just so that we can eventually make it to the finish line and find something that we didn't know that we needed along the way. It's so that we can help somebody else along their journey just by being joyful. It's a win-win. It helps us. And anybody we come in contact with has the opportunity to be able to catch a little bit of that and amplify it themselves
1: and it kind of gets to some of the things we see here right gets to gets to the duality of joy that we talked about right the, the duality of leadership or anything else is that the the joy is found in the little moments right it's found in the the small interactions in the just take the opportunities that you have you're sitting sitting with somebody at lunch and you can have a have a good conversation or just ease each other's minds a little bit that's really powerful but that's further amplified if those moments are aligned with something that you want in the longer term or a mission that you believe in or a relationship that you're trying to build, right? If you feel like part of your goals as a human are being able to give comfort to those people, Are part of your goals, Jenny, as a human is helping people develop their own ideas, helping people develop their voices. Like if you can have a small moment that is positive and is aligned with that, then it's even better, right? Which is, you know, Joe and Pam can go to a state sale and have fun, but they can also like be building their relationship. That's even more powerful. Whereas you can find either, you know, you can suffer through something if you believe in the mission. You can enjoy something small on the side that doesn't get you anywhere, but it's more powerful if you can align them together. And if that's, you know, there's some opportunities for leadership to look for those right and we we don't we don't see a lot of those in this episode but but we definitely see the potential for them
0: yeah, I think we talked about a lot of different um, versions of joy, right? Like what does joy look like? And I think in, in media and, and what we see, sometimes we, joy is depicted as a very um, like extreme emotion, right? Like it has to be like outwardly, like if you think about Inside Out, right? That joy character is outwardly very explosive. But I think what we see in this episode is that joy doesn't have to be very big, right? And that's why everyone has their different version of joy during this fun run, and they have their own experience. And at the end, they come together, they might have met each other along the way of the fun run, right? But if we probably asked all of them did they have a pretty good time, right? If did they have some form of joy? And they probably would say yes.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the three guys sitting at the table with you know, half a dozen beers and a bottle of wine in the middle of the 5k like, you know, <laughs> they they found their joy.
2: That was great, Jenny. Thanks for bringing that all the way around there. think about how do we think about Joy? What comes to our mind when we think about Joy? And you're right, like the Joy character from Inside Out does come to mind. And of course, Amy Poehler, Amy Poehler in general, right, comes to mind. It's like she is this (laughs) overflowingly joyful character in almost every role that she's ever played. And that's great. And That's not always what Joy is. Joy is Elwood Blues just playing the guitar sometimes. He doesn't even have a smile on his face, but that Joy is contagious. He just does it in such a way that other people are catching that around him the audience is catching that around him so even just for us to reframe how what's our perspective on joy of course it's wonder tour so we had to take it to the metal level even though we didn't know that's where we were going how might we reframe joy so that we can capture it in each moment instead of only when we're on the mountaintops
1: well i'm gonna cheat here right because i'm gonna we'll use the wonder tour approach right one of the ways you can do that is What we said reframing, we said, you know, kind of focusing on your moments. But the lesson from this episode is that everybody's everybody's in a different movie, right? They're all telling themselves a story about who they are and what they're accomplishing and what their unique approach or value or joy is. And they're all doing it very skillfully, right? We see a lot of different flavors of finding joy in the moment because they're all kind of, you know, they're all in different movies. They're all in different episodes of while they're still doing the 5K together. But the story part of it is really powerful. It's one of the reasons, you know, that's why it's so central to what we do here on this podcast is that if you can tell yourself a story of, oh, this is like, you know, right now I'm being like the Joy character right now, I'm being like Jim and Pam, I'm being like, you know, Luke Skywalker, you can reframe it. But that gives you permission to say, I get to, right? Oh, I get to be the hero in the situation. Oh, I get to be the amusing sidekick in the situation, like whatever role you're choosing. Right. I get to be the the character from the office who's just playing on her phone at the, at the finish line. Right. Kelly's great. So but you can the, the telling yourself the story reframing gives you permission to do. I get to.
2: Wow, that was awesome. I love how you brought that around again to talk about the wonder tour level of how. Why do we look at all these different stories? Because we all connect to them differently. We all see ourselves in different leaders here. And that's the important part is when you're at that critical decision point in your life or you have the opportunity to treat somebody one way or treat somebody another way. I might be sitting here and I might look at Batman you know, I might go back to The Dark Knight Rises and say, not everything, not yet. And somebody else might do something completely different, right? Somebody else might go back and say, oh, no, I'm going to think of joy because that's who I need from inside out right now. Or I'm going to think of the little kid from up. Right, I need to be Carl from Up right now. <laughs> All right, Jenny, you want to give us the last words here?
0: Yeah, it's me. I, I'm I'm an experience designer, and empathy is in my blood. So this is where you know we talk about stories, we talk about reframing, and when we are using thinking about creating like experiences for others, right? It's what is their story, and joy doesn't have to be always this wow moment, right? It, it's what type of experience do you want to create? What type of story do you want to help people tell? And that's where reframing and, you know, the empathy comes in is we can change these stories for ourselves and for others. We can use empathy to really think about what's the next story. It's always what's the next story, what's missing.
1: That's awesome. So, yeah, so it's what's their story? What's the opportunity to allow them to live out their story? What's the opportunity to allow them to get to I get to do this, right? Allow them to reframe the environment. Oh, I love that. That's awesome.
2: That's so good. I'm literally wearing a shirt on the back of it. I'm turning around. The audience can't see me, but it says, (laughs) what's your story? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that is the tagline (laughs) of the bridge. And that is what we are about. What is your story? What is your journey that you are going on? And how can I help you? How can we how can I walk with you on that journey? So that wow.
0: That at the beginning, how much joy we can have in our lives. Right.
2: Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, let's take down the key takeaways here because we had a bunch of them on this episode. Number one, when you have core values, to start with, you don't have to have such a rigid path. You don't have to just follow one path to the destination. You can be on a wonder tour. We don't often get to choose what the finish line for our current fun run that we're on in life is, but we do get to choose how we approach it. We talked about how we can reframe I have to into I get to, which automatically increases the amount of joy that we could have. The potential joy in that situation is increased. We talked about looking for ways to create for others, and then Jenny brought that home with saying, think about someone else's story. What is their story? We talked about reframing joy at a meta level. Joy is often depicted as an extreme emotion, but does it have to be? Because an extreme emotion seems hard to have in every moment, but for us, if joy doesn't have to be that extreme outward joy, maybe we can have it in each moment. And then lastly, Brian brought us home there with everyone sees it a little bit differently. We're living out different characters in our heads and different ideals for leadership. The important thing is not that we're all Gandalf. The important thing is that we all can see the story in our head, can see the leaders that we want to be.
1: Oh, that's great. I really appreciate this discussion. This has been really helpful for me. Thank you so much, Jenny, for joining us and for getting us uh, calibrated on empathy properly. That is clearly one of your superpowers. And we hope you guys all enjoyed going on this journey with us. Thanks so much. We're looking forward to joining you again next week. And Drew, what do we got going on next week?
2: Next week, we are headed back to another Disney movie that I know you and I love, Brian. Big Hero 6.
1: All right. Well, that's going to be really fun. Looking forward to it. Everybody have a great week. And in the meantime, just remember, as always, character is destiny.